Hello, everyone, and welcome to the High Sensitivity Podcast, episode 100. Woo! That's right. We've been doing this for 100 episodes, and thank you for listening, even though it's not our anniversary. That's not, that's the next podcast, 101, I guess. Yep. And we just want to say, and we're going to get quick into it, is that even if you're listening on episode one or episode 100, or you've listened to all of them, or this is your first one, you know, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it, and means the world that you're even willing to take an hour or an hour and a half, depending on how how our specials go, out of your day to listen to it. So from Craig and I, thank you. Thank you a lot. Yeah, it means a lot. Hanging around for 100 episodes if you're there from the beginning is pretty cool. Yeah. And if it is your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news as well as what we watched or played over the week. I said earlier, my name is Barry along with my co-host. My name is still Craig 100 episodes later. Hasn't changed. Yep, and this is kind of like the end of season two, and then season three starts next week. Next week, so maybe we change our names. Okay. See. Yeah, we could do that. So let's get into the news. Uh, I guess we should probably start with the biggest of all things, in that EA, uh, sorry, Russia is getting punished for yeah. invading Ukraine by many companies here. For example, we have EA suspending sales, which whoa that. To EA not saying yes to money, that's a lot. And on top of that, the Russian teams from games like FIFA and NHL have been taken out of the game entirely. So it, you know, it's one thing to pause sales, but like if if you're like if if your favorite team national team is Russia, like I don't, I don't know, it, it's kind of a murky kind of gray water here. I'm not sure how you feel about it, but. EA um, is just one of them. I think if I lived in Russia, right, and I was opposed to the the war that's going on, the invasion, and being like myself, enjoyed video games, I would be irritated, right? That yeah. like pretty much every way for you to get video games has been taken away. I think Microsoft suspended sales as well in Russia, last I heard. Um, I don't know about Sony, but yeah, I mean, I would be kind of irritated, but I think I... I err more on the side of being okay with it just because it's literally almost every company trying to figure out a way to end the, you know, the invasion that's going on, the war between Russia and Ukraine. And I don't know that game sales are, are going to hurt the Russian government, but it definitely helps the common people realize that like, Hey, maybe we should, you know, speak out a little bit. Um, I don't know how much you're allowed to in Russia actually, but uh well, they you know, have been, yeah. at least, yeah, according to a lot of news sites, there are a lot of peaceful protests, despite mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, there are sanctions coming down on the people who have been anti-war. Right. But, you know, I did mention that EA is just a small part. Nintendo is pausing all digital sales and sales mm -hmm. of their consoles. CG, uh, CD Projekt Red is also suspending sales. So while you are right that, like, the video game sales probably isn't going to do much in mm -hmm. the terms of hurting Russian wallets you know it just goes to show that like in, in an age where like kind of doing something get you canceled or you know get people mad at you for like the tiniest thing it's kind of strange to see a bunch of companies go okay let's say no to an entire market of people and pause our sales yeah. like it's a really definitive and showing way of of these companies kind of going in support of like hey you know we don't support what russia did Right. It's it's a good way for them to show support for Ukraine. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm totally behind it. Yeah, so am I. Uh, also tied into that a little bit. The development of Stalker 2 has been put on hold uh, yeah, because of everything that. going on as well. I mean, this is a game that's been kind of in development hell for a little bit anyway. It keeps getting pushed back. So I don't know. Last time I checked, I think it was supposed to be the end of this year. I think if that's correct. So who knows if it even makes that now. This could be another year or two out at this point, um, but just more of stuff getting affected by everything going on. I was like moderately excited to play Stalker 2. It's not going to like kill me that it's not going to be here this fall or winter, but I know there's a decent amount of people who enjoy the Stalker series, so it's kind of big news. I'd like to try the Stalker series. It, uh, right. These games were never, you know, for me, but like Metro Exodus, I feel like really got me into that sort of into that sort of game. So mm -hmm. I, I have a feeling I'll like Stalker. Yeah, that's fair. 
All right. Uh, speaking of delays, we have uh, co-op and Halo Infinite has been delayed. It was originally announced that it would be at the start of season two of Halo, which looks like it would have been the beginning of May. And they've delayed it without a date. So everybody who's been kind of, you know, thinking about playing co-op or Forge, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. And who knows how long at this point you saw what you saw the massive delay Halo Infinite got put into. I can't imagine, you know, the, it's not beyond them to delay it probably an entire year. Yeah. Yeah, this might be another instance kind of like Cyberpunk, where when it actually comes out, is anybody really going to care anymore? Um, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Like, I don't know how many people are still playing the master chief collection and going back and playing through those. But I mean, I've been, you and I have both been done with halo infinite for a while and I don't really have any reason to go back to it. I probably would have tried out co-op if it was coming out soon, but if it's like a year or so away, I probably won't touch it. No, I, yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. <laughs> uh, but like, it's just funny how like little I've thought about halo since beating the, uh, <laughs> yeah. And we had it high on our story. list, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. But I guess that's the way it goes. You move on to other things and kind of forget about what you played last year. Yeah, especially with the games that have come out this February and the games that are coming out this March as well. Yeah. Uh, smaller news that I have here is Smash Brothers will not be at Evo this year. How do you feel about that? Uh, it it's kind of sucks, but yeah. I also know that a lot of there's been a lot of streamers who've been doing kind of their own sort of tournaments. You know, we have you know, Moist Critical on Twitter or Penguin Zero on YouTube. Like, he's been hosting tournaments. Ludwig, a popular streamer as well, has been hosting tournaments. And I have a feeling that, like, yes, Evo is kind of the biggest name attached to it. These these tournaments do do well Okay. for for the streamers. So I think, like, I think Smash is getting, like, is still getting its competitive scene there. Of course, Evo usually probably is the biggest prize pool right. of them all. It's It's... We still have to see whether or not this has to do anything with, you know, uh, Nintendo kind of banning their games and mods, you know. And the way they used to play competitively, you had to mod it. Now Nintendo doesn't allow that anymore. So it's I don't know whether or not it's to get back at them for that. But, you know, Smash, Smash is done with the characters. We already right. have all the characters. Right now, so it's. Yeah, it's I didn't. Game. I didn't look at the list. I don't know if they put one up yet for Evo, but like what what is left? I know that Street Fighter in general was kind of looked down upon. Street Fighter was at five. Um, and I know we had Street Fighter six announced, but um, Street Fighter five wasn't received well. So what would Evo have? Mortal Kombat, maybe Street Fighter. I don't know Probably what else. Tekken. Tekken. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you said Mortal Kombat. Blaze yeah. Blue, maybe. I, I don't yeah. know what's still popular at this point. Yeah, Blaze Blue. Uh, yeah, there, there, there are a couple of like, especially like anime fighting games. There's a ton of them. I know Dragon uh, Ball Z is still popular, right? Dragon Ball Z, I would wonder whether or not they're doing a Demon Slayer one because you remember yeah. the Demon Slayer yeah. game was released. So there's there's a that lot of fun to be had with that. <laughs> Next up on my list, and, you know, very little known, you know, very little known game, not that popular. Pokemon had its direct and announced that it was going to be uh, introducing Generation 9, yeah. uh, Scarlet and Violet in, in, you know, and they show the three starter Pokemon. Have you seen the picture? Yeah. Uh, if you had to pick, which one are you getting? I don't remember their names, but I usually go grass type anyway. Okay, I'm a grass type too, and yeah. I was getting the grass cat anyway. So yeah, <laughs> grass cat. It, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't actually remember grass cat's name, but like it's funny because I remember Fuecoco is the <laughs> fire, uh, mm -hmm. is the fire type, and I think like Quetzal is the <laughs> duck, which is just going to be named Donald Duck in every playthrough because yep. it, uh, it's not far off, but. Were you were you as surprised as I was that they announced this already and it's coming yes, out this year? I, yeah, I am. Uh, just based on based on the usual timelines, I think people were expecting a Let's Go mm -hmm. uh, with the you know Johto series, whether it was Let's Go Pichu or something like that, or you know anything with the second gen, or you know even remakes of Black and White at that point, but. It, you know, I was going to say it kind of stirred a lot of conversation to see. We're not usually used to getting two major of uh, Pokemon IPs come out with Arceus and with Scarlet and Vi Scarlet and Violet. But I think in a lot of ways, this is a genius move by Pokemon. Like, to be fair, by the time Scarlet and Violet comes out, 
I don't think we'll really be talking about Arceus very much. Probably not. Anymore. And while definitely Scarlet and Violet look to build on what Arceus formula maybe was, especially with a lot more of like trainer battling and whatnot, I I think they're just trying to springboard off of the excitement that Arceus brought. Uh, Arceus was reviewed very well and is selling extremely well still. And I think they just go to, okay, you know, if we have ideas and the Pokemon are there for Gen 9, then let's release it. And I think that's where Pokemon is right now. Yeah, and it kind of seems like it's a hybrid of both, right? A little bit of Arceus and a little bit of the older style, which could be more up my alley, right? Since Arceus wasn't. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess I was just kind of surprised it was coming out already, but I'm not like I'm not going to play it. I'm going to play it. I think everybody no, yeah, is. <laughs> I, yeah, like like I'll admit I was surprised because I expected, you know, and, and they didn't say much about what was going to happen. I expected almost like a Detective Pikachu 2 yeah. because that movie did do well as well. But, you know, and especially how it started with the weird cop like trailer. I'm not sure if you watched it, but like it was just like a security guard going through like a random like almost hotel or, or um, business of some sort. And then being blinded by the the light of Scarlet and Violet. I don't know. It was a really weird trailer. It was definitely weird. But. Yeah, I didn't watch the full thing. I, I just kind of like skimmed through it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll have more for us. Probably E3 time. Um, and hopefully something on Breath of the Wild. I would hope. Yeah, we have to hear about Breath of the Wild. Yep. We have to. Yeah, at, at, they have to. They can't keep putting it off. Yeah. Um, so my last piece of news i didn't have a whole lot this week but it's kind of a question for you this week was the five-year anniversary of the switch right so we came up on the five-year anniversary so the question for you is if you want to do two or three or five give me your top games on the switch off the top of your head okay i can that way you don't have to think about it too hard just give me like however many yeah i'm just trying to think of like what um what games I definitely put the most hours into. And I like feel if, like if, if somebody was buying one today, like these are the ones you have to get. Exactly. So I think Super Smash Brothers is okay. definitely like in there in the top five. I'm not I, I'm not going to I'm going to go top five, but I'm not going to name which ones. Sure. Because it kind of depends on the type of gamer you are, where Smash may not interest you at all mm-hmm. for that. I then would probably go with uh legend of zelda skyward sword because i really love that one and on the switch it's pretty good okay i'm just trying i'm trying to think of like making it like pretty spread out here (laughs) because like i i like sword and shield so i would tell you to pick sword and shield or arceus for that matter i wouldn't go both Mm -hmm. and then fire emblem three houses have to have that in there I, I wouldn't be Barry if I didn't put a Fire Emblem <laughs> game in there. Yep. <laughs> and Pokemon Snap. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I thought. I love that game. I, I thought love po- game. Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Sword and Shield, um, Mario Kart, even though that's a remake. I think Mario that's, Kart. Yeah, sorry. that you, Yeah, that should definitely be in there. You have to put it on there. I wouldn't put uh, Smash on there just because, like you said, I think it's more of a you have to like that type of game. Um but as much as I hate it, I think you have to put Breath of the Wild on there. I think. You yeah. The, like, the thing is, it would either like I already have a Zelda game on yeah. mine. So like I could switch out Super Smash Brothers with Animal Crossing. OK, because yeah. that also was a very like that. That game was also very popular. And it goes to show like the top games on there, of course, on the switch are going to be all the exclusive ones. Right. Primarily like Nintendo does their exclusives better than anybody else. So and, you know, they're the most name brand reputable ones that there are. True. And take note, Nintendo, neither one of us said Xenoblade Chronicles. So stop making those games, please. (laughs) Look, they're they're huge in Japan. (laughs) So like I get it. I get it. You know, and they have their own like JRPG, which, you know, with Final Fantasy, you know, going to be on PlayStation for the most part. And, you Mm -hmm. you know, you have Xbox then with like, okay, what do we get? That kind of thing. Yeah. So. I'm sure it they have sense. some sort of JRPG cook in, in one of their 10,000 studios at Xbox right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so a couple other smaller news stories then from my end. Uh, Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 are getting next-gen upgrades. 
I don't know how much better those games are going to look, to be honest, but I think seven might be the one that kind of gets the biggest boost out of them all. Yeah. But good for Resident Evil and all the next gen upgrades are free. So good on their part for that as well. The Steam Deck is getting tiered emails out. Uh, there are a lot of reviews for the Steam Deck and a lot of them are mixed and a lot of it, you know, show that it's a very capable console with all bugs and whatnot and all. But people pre-ordered it and I don't and I don't think Steam kind of recognized how popular it was, but because they're sending them out in waves. So like there are there's like wave one, wave two and wave three of like if you haven't gotten your email yet, it's because you're probably in tier or like wave two or three of the Steam Deck. So I have no idea how far like these gaps are in between each other, but it kind of sucks for people because this was something that was like just announced. And if you pre-ordered it, you're kind of hoping to get it on release day. And now to find out that, you know, you may not be getting it for another two or three months, depending on what wave you're in is kind of a bummer as a consumer. Yeah. I was just thinking that if I would have pre-ordered that and then I found out like, Oh, you're in wave three. So even though you pre-ordered it, you're going to get it three or four months later, I would be pissed. Yeah. Um, and it kind of reminds me of when the, Xbox and PlayStation consoles came out. There's a little bit of that too. When you pre-ordered, yeah. there was some wave issues, but not to this extent. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then, uh, other than that, Gran Turismo comes out, another racing game exclusive to the PlayStation reviews. Well, sitting in at 88 on Metacritic, and something we'll be talking about later. The Batman comes out and is sitting at a 73 on yeah. Metacritic. Uh, I watched the Batman. Okay. Uh, so we will get into reviews. And I well played for... Gran Turismo. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. See, we <laughs> we got it all covered here. Yep. yep. Uh, but talking about games and uh, games and whatnot, let's go ahead and talk about the games for this sure. week. Which for me is going to be Triangle Strategy, playable okay. on Switch, and Kirby in the Forgotten Lands demo. Yes, I forgot to download that and play it. Um, like I said, I did play some Gran Turismo, and... I know this will be the third week I've talked about it, but I did finish Horizon. I'm done. Okay. Cool. So I'm excited that it's done. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully for good reasons, but I guess I'll find out here. Yeah. So out of all the games we talked about, the only one that's not really a full-fledged game is Kirby. So I'll talk about Kirby in the Forgotten Lands demo. Uh, surprise drop. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is it uh, it's kind of an interesting game. It seems to borrow in like suit in like a super mario odyssey and where it's kind of an open world because for kirby it's usually a side scroller in some way but it's kind of like a flow to the levels that you kind of go through and use your powers for in the demo it's still not exactly clear like what is going on or what you're really doing there for but you know, a couple things is the game. It does seem to translate well to like the free roaming aspect. I, I want to almost compare it to 3D Mario, uh, 3D Mario World. So it's feel like open just, world. Kind of. It, there's not like from what I can tell, there is it's kind of like you go through the level like they're kind of all interconnecting right now okay. in a way. Uh, I I didn't get far enough in the demo to see if there's a map or something like that or an overworld that you see. But it looks to me like, especially in the demo, it's kind of, I guess, the opening couple minutes of the game where it's kind of like the levels flow into each other and you go go along with it. Uh, one thing that, you know, I haven't talked about that, that game is it looks actually really good. Uh, and that's saying something on the Switch. Like, yeah. I'm playing it on handheld and I'm kind of surprised with how well it's running and how good it looks. I need to plug it up to my TV and see how it looks there. But surprisingly, like Kirby looks good and it makes me feel like, you know, why can't everybody do this? Why can't everybody make a good looking game on the switch? Uh, But make sure to play it out for yourself. Uh, Play it for yourself. See what you guys think, because it it is an interesting and different new way to play Kirby. For sure. Nintendo for sure has secrets with their console that they're not telling people to get more out of the console. I'm convinced because (laughs) every game they just most games, not every game, but most games they find a way to make it look better than any other third party can. Um, And I think I mean, Sony does that, too, with their first party games and Xbox to a certain extent. But 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to try it. I just totally forgot. I saw the demo came out and I was like, oh, I got to download that. And then I totally forgot. But I have not liked a Kirby game in a long time. So maybe the change will help me out a little bit. Yeah. All right. What do we uh, want to talk about? Why I was going to say, why don't you talk about Horizon? Because we have talked okay. about that for the past couple of okay. weeks. So I'm done with Horizon. Um, I think I clocked in around 45 hours. Okay. Ish. Um, I didn't do everything. Uh, I did a lot of the side quests, but um, I kind of abandoned the um, the tall necks. I didn't really do those. Yeah. The, uh, I forget what they're called, but like the relic places you're supposed to go explore. I didn't do those at all. Cauldrons? Maybe. I don't remember. There's just a lot on the on the quest menu that I was like, nope, not doing that. They're definitely doing that. Is. Yeah. And they just keep adding. And I was like, nope, not doing that. Um, I will say. To kind of sum it all up, since we've already talked about it a bunch, um, consistently made me go, man, this game looks incredible. It's beautiful. Yeah. Constantly. Like, the whole time I'm playing it, man, like, this is just insanely detailed. Uh, the game itself loves to hear itself talk. And that back half, two-thirds, is a drag. Um, it kind of stays overstays its welcome a bit okay um so that's why when i got past you know you collect i don't want to spoil anything but like you're collecting three things right when mm -hmm. you go and do all that and i was like okay i'm ready to you know this has to be near the end nope <laughs> it's not <laughs> um so i kind of at that point i kind of started abandoning a lot of the side missions and stuff and i was like all right let me get through this because otherwise i'm going to be here for another 30 hours and i don't want to be um consistent issues for me gameplay wise and hopefully with like updates and stuff that'll make it better um i was having issues with uh the audio not working um, oh okay so like i would get half the dialogue would be spoken the other half their mouths were moving but no audio um and i had to physically close the game three times for it to fix itself um oh. yeah it kind of came out of nowhere and it stuck around for a couple hours um so i mean that's something that can get ironed out and it'll be fine uh i the only other thing i want to say is the ending of this game and i'm not going to spoil anything is a massive dud that's what i hear i've been oh, reading like there are a Lord. lot of duds apparently Ooh. about how the ending is disappointing <laughs> here's the thing and like i said i'm not going to spoil anything for people who haven't beaten it but if you go into a game and I, the one that comes to mind is Mass Effect 2 for me, which is a great game. And same thing with Horizon. This is a great game. But if you know that you're making another one after this, it kind of makes everything you did in the second game worthless. Okay. Uh, so, like, you're going through and you're like, all right, you know, the basic premise is I got to get this stuff because I'm going to heal Earth. This is the whole, that's her whole goal, Aloy's whole goal. Um, you do all this. You're getting ready. You get to the end. You're like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then something else is, you know, presented. And you're like, okay, that's interesting. Maybe that's like another boss battle I got to get through or something. You know, that's kind of how it's presented. And then it's and then pretty quickly you realize, oh, no, no, this is just what the angle is and what the villain is going to be in a third game. And okay. everything I just did in this entire second game means nothing at all oh, like okay. it's just like okay i just spent 45 hours of filler pretty much on this game not that it's not a good game because it is a good game but i feel like i did nothing oh wow <laughs> and i was like okay i get it you wanted to make a trilogy that's fine but you still got to find a way to kind of tie it up better so you feel like you're accomplishing things and i just didn't um i think overall final score i think i would go seven because okay. it's it's still a good game. It's fun to play. There's a lot of good characters, but man, that ending was bad. <laughs> yeah, the ending is paramount, as I've, bad. Said, I've said many times. And to hear yep. that is kind of disheartening. I'll yeah. still play it regardless. Oh, I'm yeah. I think people should still play it. And I think when the third one comes out, it's going to be good. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it says something that I finished this one and I didn't the first one. Yeah. So, I mean, it right. definitely kept me entertained. But man, what a what a letdown that ending was. Yeah, well, I haven't gotten to the end of Triangle Strategy yet, but uh, right now that game is not a letdown. 
Good. It is beautiful in its own right, in its uh, kind of 8-bit art where it's, you know, 8-bit characters in a 3D background. Triangle Strategy, and this is a game that isn't going to get a lot of, you know, hyper news, is a lot like a Fire Emblem game in a way where it is grid-based combat and strategy. Hence the strategy portion of things. And what this game touts is that your decisions are very much very impactful to how the game and the story will play out. And based on what I've seen so far, it's actually very in-depth. Uh, this game is kind of the perfect sort of casualness that I like about these turn-based games, but also has a deepening amount of decision-making that makes your decisions feel uh, like they matter. And how, and how I kind of want to explain it is, one, like... Fire, Fire Emblem and the permadeath thing is always going to be something that uh, like is a part of that series where this game permadeath isn't an option. So if a character dies, they come back the next map. That's just how it works. Their XP when they die also carries over. So even if they level up and die, they still level up. The game kind of encourages you to use different units and play to your strengths and play to the map strength as well, because there are things like terrain advantages, just like in real war where the higher ground usually ends up winning and the archers and your placement of them play a very integral part of how the game plays. But it's also this perfect amount of like, okay, I get like the turn-based stuff that I like, but also not the stress that comes with like playing a fire emblem game. And you can even change your difficulty mid mid map. So it's not like you're stuck on something. There's a lot of flexibility, and I feel like this is a great introduction game to people who want to get into strategy-type games. There is a lot of talking. I will say, though, that the almost everything is voice-lined. Like, very small conversations are not, but almost everything is voice-lined. And the decision-making aspect is actually really cool. So at certain parts in the... At certain parts of the story so far... You get to go into like you get to go into like almost a courtroom type thing and everybody everybody kind of tells you what their stance is. And then you as the player get to choose what the like what your vote is. And even before you get to vote, you can go and talk to the units beforehand. And sometimes you can like with your dialogue options, you can even change their minds about a decision, which almost feels like it's a almost like a Phoenix Wright type of thing where you're kind of like picking the right dialogue to get them to change their mind. And that can swing a vote in a way. It's almost like playing politician, but okay. not as boring and definitely not as, uh, and definitely not as, uh, as frustrating as politicians could sometimes <laughs> be. So I, uh, overall, I really enjoy this game. I think the characters all have like, this Game of Thrones types feel to it to where there are houses and it's taking place in kind of a kingdom, almost like Game of Thrones does. And the decisions you make can sometimes be morally like morally right. Or you also do something that's like morally wrong, but gives you the advantage. Like you get to kind of customize how you want to do things. And based on those decisions, you actually feel like what you picked mattered. Uh, like, I'm not trying to, like, spoil anything in the decision-making because it's up to you to do it. But, you know, there are, there are you know, quests or objectives in a map where it wants you to, like, sneak by um, an area. And if you pick the right major decisions, it's not like you, you can actually sneak by without ever getting in combat and get to the next level. Whereas in Fire Emblem, they'll give you these objectives, but, you know, there's always going to be, you know, sneak out or something like that to the exit of the map, but there's always going to be some sort of fighting in there. And you can fight these people if you want, but you don't have to. I I really like the choice and the customization that this game gives you, and I I feel like this is a again, this is a great game for somebody who maybe wants to like try it but not get into all the mechanics that Fire Emblem can really throw at somebody and not really understand especially considering that you don't even have to worry about the romance portion of things. <laughs> That's your so, favorite though. Yes, I do like <laughs> that portion of things, but it is nice to go back to square one sometimes mm -hmm. or to a more simpler time 
and just see the game as a as a simple uh, strategy game where it's not all about, you know, worrying about losing my favorite unit or something, or even a lot of the times in Fire Emblem games, like a character can get so overpowered that you just use that one unit to destroy everything where in this game, like you can have an overpowered unit, but the enemies seem to be able to pick either like pick that out and like you could set traps like that's not something you really do in Fire Emblem to where you'll step on a hidden trap and your character suddenly asleep and then they're going to and, and then they're going to gang up on you and then do a ton of damage. So I, I that's what I mean. Like, I really enjoy the creativity that this game's giving you and also making you feel like one, if you have the advantage, you get to keep it. And if you're at the disadvantage, you feel like you have like you feel like you're on your heels. All right. So the one question I had about this game, and I've had it since I was first announced and I first heard of it. Is there a reason explained for the title of this game? Because this title sounds like a work in progress title to me. (laughs) And to be to be honest, it like the only real triangle part of things is your decisions are based in like a triangle where it's like morale, like morality, conviction. And like there's three different colors that go over like the three different kind of ways you can make a decision. Okay. Uh, but there was an article that the, uh, that came out that the creator said, like, hey, we know it's a weird title. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. they understand that it's a weird title. It, yeah, it just always seemed to me that they were like, I don't know what to call this game. Why don't we just call it Triangle Strategy Game? <laughs> like, that's just yeah. how it came yeah, across. But I guess that works if you want to keep it. These games have always been like, I just can't get into that style of combat, like the grid-based combat I've never been able to do. Like, I want to like these games. It's just something about that combat I just don't can't get into yeah it's not for everybody yeah yeah you know you almost like and i don't even like chess Mm -hmm. to be honest uh i guess because i don't like or i don't know all the rules and whatnot but it feels like you have to enjoy that type of thing where you have to enjoy like getting the satisfaction of you know placing your units in the right spot and taking advantage of that that's fair yeah it seems like i was definitely interested in the game i don't know if i'll actually try it or not i guess we'll find out um yeah Feel like this is a game that like six months from now is like 20 bucks maybe or it's going to be something like this is made from the developer of octopath traveler okay it's going to be something where it actually keeps its value because there's not many in circulation like yeah i don't i haven't seen this game really out on store shelves me neither to be fair yeah. i had to i had to order this game to get it on time okay so uh it's you know, that's something to think about, especially it happened with Octopath Traveler. But that game was so popular yep. that like it was running into it was running into issues, getting in production and getting enough of them out there. Yeah, so you be, could not find that game Octopath yeah. Traveler when it came out. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe that that might actually be the same issue that <laughs> Triangle Strategy has. But we'll see. OK. Uh, Gran Turismo 7. Let's get into yeah. that. Uh, so Gran Turismo is I feel like it's been overshadowed the past what 10 or so years by forza yeah. yep. it used to be like the pinnacle of racing games it's just the one you bought um i will say first and foremost sony again will you please get your install download figured out please because this game <laughs> oh dear lord it took like six hours to, d- really? to install it was insane so you put like i have the physical version so you put the disc in and it installed for me in like 20 minutes, which is about normal for a PlayStation game. I boot it up because it says it's ready. And then it says, all right, it's still downloading, but you can play this, what they call music mode on three different tracks. I was like, OK, so I played all three tracks and then I was like, let me see how much time's left. And I pulled up four hours. I was like, <laughs> what? So it's something with Sony's server issue. But all that aside, once it's fully installed, um, I have like a soft spot for this game on like the PlayStation one and PlayStation two era of my life. Yeah. I played a ton of it and seeing the same tracks that I played then was really cool for me and seeing like the difference in graphics from PlayStation two up till now, this game looks gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, it gives you the option to either do like the 60 frames per second or 30 frames with ray tracing. I would recommend 30 frames with ray tracing because it looks beautiful um but if you really want like that pinnacle of uh i don't know play style then i guess you go 60 frames but for me i wanted i was more concerned about it looking good the cars are 
phenomenal. Um, there's some interesting issues. And I know I was reading an article on GameSpot where they were talking about like the McLaren, um, the latest McLaren they have on there is from like five years ago. Are you serious? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So like there, there's some issues with like some of the newer cars they don't have. They don't have the newest version of the Tesla for some reason. They have the one before that. Um, and again, that could be something that's just a product of how long this game took to make. Because then this thing has been in production for, I think it's been pushed back, what, like two or three years at this point? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but the game still handles fantastic. Uh, it looks fantastic. For me, it was a nice break from, I know we all love Hor uh, Forza and like the open world aspect. It was kind of nice to go back to just picking a car, picking a track and going. Yeah. Um, it was nice. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be like, this isn't going to be on anybody's top top game of the year at all. But I think if you're looking for a good old school type racing game, this is going to be the one to get. It's not going to sell any PlayStation 5s, but um, I really enjoy it so far. I think it's it's very well done. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be getting it. I'm waiting for my copy in the mail. Yeah, uh, but I am wait another I, six hours for it to install. <laughs> yeah, but luckily I got a bunch of games on PlayStation to play already, so mm -hmm. I will just continue to continue to work on that. <laughs> so that's going to be it for games. Uh, yep. we, as we now kind of hit the lull in games for a little bit until mm -hmm. like March 25th, which is when like Kirby. Whoa, comes whoa, whoa. Out. You're forgetting. You're forgetting. Next week is the pinnacle of gaming. WWE right. 2K22. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> We'll see about that. We'll see. Because, you know, they, they, uh, they, listen, are, my copy will be here Tuesday and then I'll have plenty of time to have a full impression for everybody. Oh, good. Look at that. You know, yep. imagine releasing a game on Tuesday. Who, who well, you have thought? to pay more. Yeah. You have to, to pay $100 instead of 70 uh, Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. What are you saying about the lulls? Because you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, let's go ahead and get into movies this week then. Uh, for me, I've been on a kind of an HBO Max kick okay. where I've been watching uh, the Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah, I'm oh. watching anime. That's not surprising at all. Okay. Uh, I watched Spirited Away, uh, which I, I hadn't seen Spirited Away in Howl's Moving Castle. I've now watched both. I rewatched Princess Mononoke. And the big, of course, the big talk right now is I watched The Batman uh, yesterday with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I'm excited so, about that because there's I've talked to four people yesterday who have seen it mm -hmm. and they were so all over the place on their thoughts on that movie. But um, I watched Scream, the latest Scream. OK, um, I we had the season finale of Righteous Gemstones season two this past week. I watched that and then I found a movie that I had no idea came out in 2019 called Spree that I need to talk about. So what do you want do to do you first? Want to talk about Spree first? Yes, let's do Spree. <laughs> okay, so I was on a weird kick. I had watched Scream, right? And I'll get into that later. And I was on a kick of watching older horror movies from like when I was a teenager. And I had watched, I rewatched all the Final Destination movies because those are like the pinnacle of my, not childhood, but teenage years. And those have not aged well. But um, I was kind of looking at lists of people's like top, movie horror movies and spree was on a bunch of them i'm like i have never heard of this movie ever came out in 2019 it stars um i gotta look up his name joe keery who's from stranger things um if you see stranger things but uh basically what it is is um he is a he's not an uber driver it's called a spree driver um so he's a spree driver and his entire life he's been trying to get famous on the internet uh, and he has not been able to do so. He has a friend that he friend in quotation marks, but a kid that he babysat who is a teenager now who is super popular on. Obviously, they don't call it YouTube, but super popular live streamer. Right. So he's trying to come up with this way to become popular on the Internet. And he comes up with what he calls the lesson. Um, and what it is, is he puts a bunch of GoPros in his car and he's going around picking up Ubers. their sprees in this movie. And they slowly kind of let you in on what he's actually doing. Um, but he's, they don't tell you what it is, but he's injecting something into water bottles, putting it in the backseat for these people he's picking up. They're drinking the water bottles and it's killing them. So he's literally live streaming himself murdering people. 
in order to get famous. Um, and it kind of goes out of control and like way out there. He starts like stalking somebody. Um, it gets wild. Uh, it was a crazy good movie that I had never even heard of. I don't know if you really call it a horror movie. I guess it's more of like a thriller. You just kind of see him slowly spiraling more and more out of control. Obviously, he's already out of control because he came up with the idea of killing people. But um, yeah, it's a wild hour and a half. So I would recommend it. I believe it's on Hulu. Uh, you can watch it on there. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy good movie and I can't recommend it enough. Okay. <laughs> that, that is a strange movie. I thought it yep. was going to be about the killer candy spree. Oh, yes, but, that could be good, know, too. We we get there. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess I'll talk about some of the older movies for me that sure. I watch, which was Studio Ghibli. I have a feeling next week I'll have them all watched and then I can give a ranking of them myself. But one thing I'll say about all three movies is that I'm really surprised with how good they look, despite the fact that they're all released in the early 2000s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, these movies aged incredibly well. Um, Due to the animation being top notch. Yeah, due to the animation yep. being top yep. not. I should also mention that the reason this happened, and I didn't mention this, I watched West Side Story because that was on okay. HBO Max. Yep. Now I remember. Uh, that movie has a really depressing ending. <laughs> yep. uh, and <laughs> I was like, hey, I need to watch something happier. So I watched like Spirited Away instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, like Spirited Away and How's Moving Castle both like have like this gorgeous animation work to them and it it's kind of funny to see like in house moving castle like there's a huge castle that moves and you can tell that it's like a different animation type than anything else and if anybody's seen like one of my favorite movies all time is monty python and the holy grail Mm -hmm. and they do like these weird like classic cartoon type things and i can tell that that castle is animated like that to show all of its moving parts without like doing some sort of weird 3d animation. Cause that wasn't a thing back then, but like if, and I get that animation and adult animation is something that not everybody's kind of like meh into, but like how's moving castle and spirited away and princess Mononoke like are like the top three studio Ghibli movies for me. And I love all three of them. Uh, a part of me can't believe that I'm 27 years old and I've never watched House moving castle or spirited away. To be fair, they've been on my list forever, and I haven't watched any of them. But you I feel really, like I should. Yeah, Spir- Spirited Away is re- is really good, and you know, like they're they're easy watches. I mm-hmm. feel like you know they don't require like a ton of thought, like some of the other movies that come out are these deep, meaningful things. It's just like um, it's just all about taking you to like this weird magical place. Okay, and. Uh, I guess like I would tell you to watch How's Moving Castle because it has a lot of uh, I think voice actors you'll recognize. Like I always forget that these guys get like ace actors to do their voice acting and Howell, the witch or the or the magician, I should say, is voiced by uh, Christian Bale. Batman. Batman is the voice of of Hal. So and his voice is just so smooth in it. It's a weird thing to say, but it it. It really is like a good job on on all parts by them. So definitely watch those. Okay. Uh, Scream. You could do Scream. Um, I feel like that's been yeah. I feel like that's been coming. There was a Scream that came out a couple of years ago as well, and I apologize. I don't remember exactly when it was, but it had to have been like three or four years ago at this point. But um, I was never a huge fan of Scream growing up. I think I watched them all, but they're kind of forgettable to me. But man, they've really come around and they do such a great job of um, playing with the horror genre and breaking the fourth wall, kind of. Um, it's the most self-aware horror movie series you'll ever watch. Um, they're constantly making jokes about how to survive in a horror movie about like, oh, if you go down there, you're going to get killed, stuff like that. Um, but man, this newest one was extremely well done. Um, and if you haven't watched any of the Scream movies, I would recommend watching them all. I don't remember how many there are, probably like four or five at this point. But uh, I was surprised with how good this is. And I won't spoil anything for anybody because the big point of these movies is always figuring out who the killer is um, in the ghost face mask. So, yeah, I had a ton of fun with this one. I thought it was great. Oh, OK, yeah. Like I could have swore, like, uh, have you been reading reviews for it? Like, it doesn't seem like it's getting very good reviews. 
I want to say last I looked on like Rotten Tomatoes, it was in like the 60s. Oh, okay. so, so it's, it's like slightly better than average. But yeah, I think they did a, a good job. Yeah, Scream's never been the type of movie for me, and you're not going to get me to watch them. So <laughs> <laughs> I think if you were to ever decide to jump into horror movies, I think it's a good place to go because there's a lot of humor. Um, I mean, obviously, the kills are pretty bloody and gory, but like yeah. they do a good job of interjecting humor in there. Okay. Well, I did mention it, and I should like say something about it. So West Side Story, the 2021. Yes. I did watch uh, it as well. <laughs> I just forgot. So, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't know that this was a, you know, retelling Remake? of a Romeo and Juliet. Because yeah. yeah. I had I known that <laughs> the way the movie ends would have made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And I would have expected it instead of like being absolutely like, what the heck did I just watch? <laughs> um, yeah. The set pieces and the songs like they're all like they're not necessarily catchy. Uh, in a way, it's not like um, it's not like some of the other musical movies that have come out, like Hamilton, and uh, what was the what was the other HBO Max movie? In the Heights. Came? In the Heights, yes. Yeah, they're not going to be as like the songs aren't as catchy as those, but the singing is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the the who uh, the actor who plays Tony Anzel Elgort, uh, Elgort, or mm-hmm. sorry if I'm butchering his name, and. Rachel Zegler both have like really good singing chops like uh, Maria, who's played by Rachel Zegler, like her voice is incredible. Like she she's able to sing, do high notes, all that kind of, you know, singing stuff, I guess, that I don't really understand. <laughs> but uh, the uh, I thought mostly all of the tracks and everything like that were good. The choreography was good. The movie can get a little bit boring yeah. for sure, but now that I know is inspired by Romeo and Juliet, I kind of liked like, and I'm, I didn't watch it again, but I go back and like, look at the movie and I'm like, Oh, I gay, I guess I see where this comes up. This kind of matches up with Romeo and Juliet. It's a, uh, it's a fun movie. Uh, but it's not like after the ending, you kind of don't think about it anymore. It's kind of a watch <laughs> and forget in a way. Yeah. And I think like there was an older version of this movie as well. Same thing. I don't remember when that West Side Story came out. It was a long time ago. Um, but I think when my problem is, is I compare it to musicals that have come out, like you said, Hamilton, um, In the Heights, Dear Evan Hansen. And like these musicals, the older style musical, which this is, is more about more dancing. Right. Yeah. Um, which I'm not as big of a fan of in musicals. I prefer like give me those catchy songs. Like, I feel like In the Heights, for sure, is like back-to-back bangers, right? You're just like, yeah, yeah I get into this. And even like, even though it's not technically a musical, like an Encanto, right? Like, it's yeah. just, you can really get into these songs. It's not the case with West Side Story. And I think people who love the original are going to be, you know, really love this. But yeah, it was kind of forgettable for me, honestly. Yeah, I, I see that in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Like for me, I was more interested because like, yeah, in in this movie, like they they go hard in the Spanish, I yeah. will say, like the the whole other side of the of the movie is about like the Spanish people living in New York at this time or the Puerto Ricanos. And it's. You know, they speak Spanish like there there's almost like no subtitles. Yeah, because uh, like for me, it's easier for me to read uh spanish and like be able to translate it in my head afterward and a lot of times the subtitles when they're going when they're speaking spanish just go speaking spanish yep i had no idea what they were saying a lot of the time yeah which i really probably i really think that they probably should have like fixed that or at Mm -hmm. least translated it into subtitles so people could like look it up or that the subtitles were translated into english but that's not the case here uh, you know, for me, I like the movie uh, just because it has like that Spanish, you know, part to it. But yeah, I could definitely see where you're right. Like the dancing definitely is like a big part of this movie yep. to where recently it's been more about like how the, how good is the music and how much can you stream it on Spotify? Yeah. That's smart. Smart yeah, way to put it. it. Yeah. It's just the older, older style of musical always had these big dancing numbers and like they're impressive in this movie. It's just not my thing. Yeah. And I do admit at two and a half hours, it's a little long. Mm hmm. It yeah, it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. But uh, I just uh, I was really surprised by the lead actor uh, and uh, Ansel's 
singing mm-hmm. talent. He was in Baby, uh, yeah, Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. Yep. And I just didn't think he could sing like that. He is a really <laughs> good singer. So prop, props to him. Just goes to show that like anybody can really sing well. Yeah, he did a great job. I just hate his face. I really <laughs> do. <laughs> but yeah, he did a good job. Feel bad um, for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So I just get Righteous Gemstones out of the way so we can get to Batman because yeah. I'm excited to see what you say here. But Righteous Gemstones season two, um, another extremely good season. Uh, the last episode kind of feels like it was rushed in order to tie up all the loose ends here. But man, that show just continues to impress with how hilarious it is. Um, and also how touching it can be at times. But um, yeah, incredible. Cannot recommend that show enough. Everybody should be watching it. I don't think enough should be. I don't think enough people are watching it. You could get through it pretty quickly now that both seasons are out there. But man, you do need to get on that. Everybody does. Okay, cool. I I do need to watch it. Like Mm -hmm. I, a buddy of mine has also been talking about that show. So I really, I I really should watch it now that I've got two people. recommending. Yeah. Give me the Batman. Give it to me. The Batman, the yes. movie coming in at three hour runtime. I didn't get up <laughs> once to use the bathroom. I I okay. did it. I sat through it. I was empty for the entire movie. Did you have a drink, though, when you were in there? No, I knew That's it was smart. three hours. That's I was smart. I, I didn't need anything like four hours prior. I was did, built. I did was you have food at least? No, I didn't have food. Oh, man, you I were was, struggling. I, I did it. I I was I was not going to leave that movie. I, okay. I knew I was going to watch the entire thing. So. Uh, let, let me get into it. Sure. I really liked this Batman film. I okay. really did like. And I was talking to a buddy about it today where and I'm going to compare it to Avengers Endgame because that is another three hour movie mm-hmm. to where. Avengers Endgame has like this really like all this exciting stuff. And then I kind of want to say the the tone down of the boring stuff is during like the time traveling section of things. That's fair. It's cool that, you know, like Marvel fans are excited that, Oh, they're introducing the multiverse, blah, 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 and traveling back in time. But like that can definitely be kind of the most boring part of a superhero movie where, uh, the Batman really does, I think well with its three hour run time. Every time that the action slows down enough, they he, it's paced really well to bring the action back up. And, you know, I know a lot of people were worried about how uh, Pattinson was going to play Batman. I really like this depiction. Okay. He is he's like, I'm, I'm going to say it, he's a depressed emo boy kind of throughout <laughs> the whole thing. He speaks in this really grungled, like grundled tone the entire time. Uh, but his Batman voice, I think, is good. The chemistry between him and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman is also a lot of fun. I just that, you know, I came into this movie not expecting a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of blew my expectations out of the water. I stayed interested in the film for the entire three hours. The Riddler's villain is incredible. Okay. Uh, he this rivals like the Joker uh, in in the Dark Knight. He is incredible in this movie and like a couple of the things that i'll say is (laughs) this movie is shot in three colors (laughs) black brown and a flashlight color so white like (laughs) okay a lot of the times you will be struggling to see what's going on like i imagine like in a in an imax theater or in uh or in big d for amc movie theaters like it's gonna look really good or it's going to or you'll be able to see everything. But this movie definitely lacks like any type of vibrant color. I'm going to be honest, like there's no vibrant greens or of grass or vibrant <laughs> blue of sky. It's all very gray and dark, which I get is to like set the tone for the movie. But mm-hmm. it's not necessarily I, I would have liked to. I get you want to set the tone, but you could like change it up a little bit like you can in order to bring back to bring me back, you could have like put in a bit more color or like not had everything shot in the dead of night. So Uh, is it more of just DC being dark like always then? Yeah, no, I want to say it is because like, you know, the dark night, a lot of people complained about how dark that was. Mm -hmm. Um, But this, it is so, it's so nice to have a different superhero movie. Like I've, you know, especially like with Spider-Man, where we've kind of seen what the superhero movie is. 
and the formula for it. And it kind of gets burned out in a lot of these movies when you don't have the mystical multiverse to kind of mm-hmm. save you and bring people in on whether it's cameos or whether or not it's um, like time traveling aspects. It is really nice to have something that is dark and gritty and real. Like this Batman uses his gadgets to where uh, I don't think you see many gadgets out of Ben Affleck's of, yeah. uh, you know, he he solemnly uses like Robert Pattinson sol- solemnly uses his like bat th- batarang sort of thing. I really like the use of tools here that are realistic in a way as well. Uh, like I, I'm going to say like the movies, I really liked it. It was a good movie and it has one of the best car chase scenes I've ever seen. And ever mm-hmm. seen like there are entire movies like the Fast and Furious dedicated to car scenes. This one like is amazing. It is awesome. Um, and it's only like a quick five minute, ten minute thing, but it is well worth it. Like the the theater was shaking um, at this <laughs> car was, scene. Like, If you go back to the Dark Knight, right, there was yeah. a, a very good chase car scene in that as well you think it's better than that yeah i think it is you'll see what i mean the i will admit the batmobile looks lame okay like it kind of looks looks like a mustang or something exactly that's all it looks like it looks like batman stole raw toretto you know don toretto's (laughs) charger yeah yeah and is now and is now roaming around with it uh (laughs) to bring the fast and furious series into it again but i was engrossed for the entire three hours um this Batman is more of a detective than any of the other Batmans we've seen. And he, and the way people hit each other, the callbacks to other Batman series, like they're very slight, but you'll get it are all very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, there definitely is like three hours is a long movie. And at parts of it, I was like, man, like, are we going to finally start like tying this thing up? But it is, it, it, it I, I kind of think it deserves all of the all of the re- the good reviews it's getting. Do I think it's this insane masterpiece? No, but I would rate it a nine or eight out of ten. Okay. Uh, it engrossed me for a full three hours. And that says something to where I wasn't bored. And I I didn't I even if I had go even if I needed or had to go to the bathroom, I wouldn't have wanted to because I would have wanted to see what this what this had to do. Uh, I think. I think the way he does Batman was clever in his first Batman film, but we need to see where, if there is another one where they decide to take Robert Pattinson's Batman from here. Okay. So everybody holds the dark Knight as the pinnacle, right? So where does this one rank in the Batman movies underneath it? Obviously. I I feel like you could switch them around. Like there are really good things that, uh, there are really good things that the Dark Knight does. Like, I think the Dark Knight's fight scenes are probably a little bit better mm-hmm. in in this one. And like the Joker, of course, like his yeah. uh, like Heath Ledger's performance is incredible in the in that movie where like the Riddler's performance is incredible. But you could have replaced him with a serial killer. And like, I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. is that he's more of like a serial killer typed one where it's not like a psychomaniac like right. the Joker is. And the Joker, of course, is always going to be like the spotlight villain for the Batman. So yeah. uh, if we see I'd like to see if they bring him into the next Batman, uh, whether how, how they use him from there. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, too. I mean, obviously, this is doing well already and it, it was going to do well um, if you make another one and then you bring in the already established Joker that we got a couple of years ago and make them go head to head. You could have a movie that could be better than the dark Knight. Yeah. You know, and it could be the pinnacle of Batman movies. Um, yeah. The couple of people I talked to one said, uh, they're like, this is a, like, if you take the Batman outfit off of Robert Pattinson, this is a detective movie about a serial killer. Yeah. That's yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing they said was he was in his suit for like 95% of the movie. Is that accurate? I'd say, yeah, okay. either 85 or 90. Like he's in his suit a lot, but that's the whole point. Right. Um, so not, not so much running around as Bruce Wayne then. No, no, not. Yeah. 
Okay. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. There is not a lot of playboy billionaire Bruce okay. Wayne, which is not something he is in this movie. Okay. He he is a billionaire, but he is not a playboy. Um, okay. Like it it is weird to see where like Ben Affleck and so many other people who've played like the Bruce Wayne like aspect are all about like these two separate personas where Batman's mm-hmm. all dark, broody and moody and you know, Bruce Wayne is like this, haha, look at me, I'm rich, I am, and I'm also very charismatic. Right. To where, like, the charismatic on Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne is dead. There is no charis- <laughs> charisma to him. Okay. He is just very broody and very dark. Emo Batman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, like I said, I know it's it's killing it right now in the movie theaters. Um, I don't know if I'll see it in theaters or not. We'll find out. But um, I'm excited to watch it. Whenever that may be, I and I got Uncharted and Batman now to catch up on. Yeah, like uh, I, I do want to see how you perceive it, just because, mm-hmm. like, and we know for me, I'm not the biggest movie critic. Yeah, like, there's rarely a movie I I see that I like genuinely disdain or dislike, but I know a lot of people who are very critical on Batman films, especially just yeah. because he seems to be getting the most reboots out of all of the heroes. He has like the most movies out like it's very easy to kind of make, I guess, a Batman movie in a way. But I really appreciate the tone and how different it is because it feels really fresh of, you know, of like almost like I know it was a trilogy, but like the Batman begins and then the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, I know it was like a trilogy, mm-hmm. whereas the Batman begins does a lot of the comic booky type stuff. Um, whereas the first iteration of this one, the Batman's already been Batman for two years, but um, Commissioner Gordon is not the commissioner yet. Okay. So it's kind of like a different timeline in a different way where um, Gordon uh, is kind of like he continues to bring uh, Batman into it because he is a very smart Batman. Like this Batman is able to solve the riddles very easily. Uh, okay. from from the Riddler uh, for the most part, I'll say. But it is it's well worth it. And Colin Farrell's Penguin like I heard it's you phenomenal. don't know. That's, <laughs> yeah, it it is really good. And you have no idea that it's him. Like okay. the amount of prosthetics they put on him is insane. And that makeup department and team did an incredible job. Incredible. I know in the interview in Hot Ones, they were saying that like it took about two hours to do that makeup and as time went on it got shorter and shorter and shorter because you know you mm-hmm. get better at it as you continue to go along so he, yeah like his performance his performance is really good like all of the characters i think do an awesome job and it you know does it deserve like the 10 out of 10 it got on ign i don't really know okay but you know it for again for a three-hour movie I was engrossed in the entire thing. I I would not have wanted to get up and I enjoyed the action when it came on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's more up of my alley of what I want. Like I prefer the detective side of Batman as opposed to just the Ben Affleck. I'm huge. And I'm go kick, kick the crap out of everybody. Like I like the more like, let me figure out puzzles type style. So like, it seems like this is something I would enjoy better. And I wasn't a huge fan of Ben Affleck as Batman, but I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I really want to see how you would rate like between the Riddler and the Joker. Okay. And I, I get that the Riddler like isn't that one of Batman's like crazy like villains right. because let's be honest in the animated series he's kind of treated as a joke. Yep. So for 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 them to do this like 180 of the Riddler in a way where he's not a joke and he is the main adversary in mm-hmm. most of this film just kind of goes to show how well they did him and how scary they make him. Yeah. And they did that with what was the last Batman game? Arkham Knight. Um, They took that angle with the Riddler where in the past Batman games, he was like, oh, solve my riddles. And he was a joke. And Arkham Knight, he was a serial killer, Um, which is, you know, I think that's the right angle. He should be intimidating as just a super smart guy who's just going to kill as many people as he can and gets enjoyment out of people not being able to figure it out. Yeah, cool. But yeah, I guess with that kind of, you know, news there, like I feel like I feel like talking about the Batman's a little bit depressing in a way. I don't know, because it is so dark and moody, mm-hmm. but that's going to be it for episode 100. Uh, ep- this 
this is the end of season two here. Uh, <laughs> this one will be out on video as I hope to have it out on Thursday uh, and the audio podcast out on Tuesday. But thanks for listening. If you guys liked it, please make sure to share it and review it on your listening or preferred listening platform of choice. And if you have any emails, make sure to email us at high sensitivity gaming at gmail.com. You have anything, anything else to go out there, Craig? Um, I don't think so. Thanks everybody for sticking with us for so long. Looking forward to season three, getting bigger and better out there. Go check out the videos. If you can, we would appreciate it. And, uh, again, thanks for being here. Yeah. With that, we'll see you guys next time. Later. Later.